I did a message this past Sunday uh, called Gathering Up the Fragments That Remain of 2021, that we want to enter 2022 with the good fragments that happened in 2021. And anything that were bad fragments, we want to leave them behind. We want to bring the good things into 2021, uh, from 2021 to 2022, and not take for granted what the Lord has done for us, but be thankful and uh, to be in remembrance of it. Uh, on the sort of a same theme as we enter a new year, uh, tonight I want to have us pray against the will of the evil one for our lives, that he may have had uh, attack us in 2021, and to bring us into a new spiritual agreement for 2022 for the will of the Father, especially reaffirming that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. And uh, that's immensely important. Uh, I, I do this at least once a year somewhere. Uh, so I guess this is a good time to do it now. Uh, you know, as we walk along in our journey of faith, uh, this side of heaven, uh, we will be confronted with issues in our lives, real things that are contrary to God's will for our lives got to get that. They're contrary to God's will for our lives. And we're going to see that these things are things we've already been redeemed from. These things that Jesus has already dealt with at Calvary. Uh, so we should never tolerate in our lives what we've been redeemed from. How would I tolerate it? By uh, being passive about it, or by thinking it's God's will for my life, or by being in agreement with it. You'd be surprised out there the amount of people in agreement with sickness and disease. The amount of people who are just passive about physical attacks on their bodies as if they expect it and, oh, well, what are you going to do? It's going to happen. Hey, no, I need to be violently opposed in the spirit realm to sickness and disease. I personally have a renewed hatred for sickness and disease, especially in the lives of the people uh, of the body of Christ. So therein lies faith. Our need is to respond by faith to the promises of God's word. A little bit more on that later. But today we need to recognize that we've been, what we've been redeemed from and that we need to act accordingly by faith to remove these attacks from our lives very aggressively in faith, enforcing Christ's victory at the cross, his victory over the grave. A little background first. Um, we have promises from the Word of God. Your Bible uh, is a promise book. And uh, we have promises that God has obtained for us at the cost of the blood of Jesus. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, it tells us, For the Son of God, Christ Jesus, who was preached among you by us, by me and Sylvanus and Timothy, was not yes and no, but yes in him. And here's verse 20. For as many as may be the promises of God, a lot of them, in him, in Jesus, they are yes. Wherefore, by him is our amen to the glory of God through us. So these promises that we have in the word of God are yes to us. Not maybe. Not, well, if I feel like it, says the Lord. Well, I'll be a capricious God. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. No, they're yes to us in Christ. It tells us also in Ephesians chapter 1, 
that goes fine with this verse. In verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Not will bless us, has blessed us. Not will heal us, has healed us. Now on this topic is an immense side topic uh, regarding our state versus our standing. As Americans, we have constitutional rights, we have civil rights. Uh, however, if we don't enforce those rights, if we don't look after those rights by voting properly, by um, uh, the court systems that we have to protect us, people will walk all over our rights. There are meaningless words on paper. So the state that we live in day by day, not the state of New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, but the state we live in day by day, will we see these rights protected or not? That depends. How seriously are you going to take that? Likewise with the Word of God, the Word of God, what we have written is our standing in Christ. It's our standing. He has blessed us, <clears throat> has healed us. But the state that we live in from day to day, will we see this? Well, I see this in my daily living. Ah, that now is different. How do I get these promises in the word of God, my standing, like healing, for example? Uh, how will I see that in my daily living? That is only applied by faith. Faith is the vehicle by which these are obtained. These promises are obtained from our standing to our state that we live in by faith. Will you believe or will you not believe? Can't answer that for you. God won't even answer it for you. You have to answer that for yourself. Am I going to be a believer about it or am I going to be passive? Maybe I will, maybe I won't. What will I put up with? Maybe I'll put up with a little bit. Maybe I'll put up with a lot. We should put up with nothing Jesus has redeemed us from. <clears throat> so, we have here this great scripture in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus becomes the curse that are in the lives of humanity on that tree for us. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit ah, through faith. So we then need to ask here, so what's this curse of the law that I've been redeemed from? Wouldn't that be a logical question? We see here in Galatians chapter 3 that God desires to bless us and he's already made that provision in Christ. It's always been his intention to restore man the way man was supposed to be before Adam's fall. So, here we are. If you have your Bibles with you, uh, it would be really good. Uh, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we're going to see here what Galatians chapter 3 says we've been redeemed from. What the blessings are now, uh, what blessings are now for us in Christ. In fact, in my Bible, when chapter 28 starts, I wrote above chapter 28, Galatians chapter 3, verse, 13, verse um, uh, 9, 13 and 14. Put that right over it before I read it. Because I'm reading 
that I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 28 uh, brings to believers the blessings of the Abrahamic covenant. Your entire Bible is an unveiling of the Abrahamic covenant. And this applies to us because we are of the faith of Abraham, the word of God tells us. Uh, along with Isaiah 53, these are two of the most important chapters in the entire Old Testament. Deuteronomy 28 and especially Isaiah 53. So we've been redeemed from, what we've been redeemed from is his promise to us in Christ. These are the uh, part of the spiritual blessings that we partake in that are in the heavenlies, as we just read in Ephesians. All right, let's go to Deuteronomy 28 here. In verse, 20, in verse 1, it starts out by saying, Now it shall be, if you are diligent to obey the Lord your God, to be careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All right, now it shall be. Another way to say that is, amen. In other words, a declaration of, so it shall be. Amen. Now, very important here, we see here, it says, if you will be willing, diligent to obey the Lord your God. That means do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. We got to get here. We're in the Old Testament. This has to be seen through New Testament eyes. For the Old Testament Jew, they had a do covenant. You must do, 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 do. But they can't without a Savior. So for the New Testament saint, this is, for us, we have a believe covenant. Because Jesus did the do for me. Only he could please the Father. In John chapter 3, verse 36, Jesus says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. So here we have believe and obey in the same sentence. So Deuteronomy 28 here is going to spell out the wrath of God. But notice here, believe. Do we believe in him? If you believe in him, you did the obey part. I don't live a life of, will I obey him today? Uh, what do I have to do to obey him today? I have a life of believe him. I've done the obey part. Very important. John chapter 6, verse 40 says, This is the will of the Father to believe on the Son. So our part is a believe covenant. Thank God we don't have a do covenant because I can't do. I'll fail. I'll fail every day. Jesus did the do for me so that I he could keep it for me. So we have this faith covenant on better promises. Uh, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, but now he obtained a more excellent ministry as by, by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, an obey covenant, which he has enacted on better promises. What are better promises? The believe promises, not that you have to do to find them. There was a great Hebrew scholar in the 1800s, uh, Dr. Young. Uh, he wrote this great concordance called uh, uh, and Bible, uh, Dr. Young's literal Bible translation. Anyway, here in Dr. Young's literal Bible translation, he notes here that the blessings of Deuteronomy 28 in the Hebrew language are an ongoing present tense, not a future someday event. So just as the New Testament shows us, 
We are growing from one degree of glory to another. It's already ours. Will we believe? Now, the curses here, the blessings and curses in Deuteronomy 28, the curses here in Deuteronomy 28 are not our inheritance. Why? We read before in John 3. Uh, we believe, therefore, the wrath of God does not abide in us. This is the wrath of God, the rejectors of the Messiah. So here we see we are redeemed from the curse because the curse is a judgment. John chapter 5, verse 24. Here's Jesus again. Truly, truly, I say to you. Oh, let's stop. When you see that phrase, truly, truly, some translations have verily, verily, I saith unto thee. Some translations have this is the truth I tell you. It's an Aramaic expression of the first century, which means what I'm about to say, you will not believe. You might even call me a liar. So that's why I have to say up front, I bear truth that what I'm saying is truthful. How about that? And when Jesus says this truly, truly stuff, he drops bombs. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He drops bombs. Here's a bomb. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me, there's the belief part, has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but is passed out of death into life. Love it. If you're a believer, you have passed out of judgment. Deuteronomy 28, the curses, they are a judgment. So it's very important that we read the New Testament very carefully because it sheds light on the Old Testament. We read the, New, the Old Testament with New Testament eyes. It explains it for us. So the curse, therefore, of Deuteronomy 28 should always be seen through the New Testament eyes of redemption. Here's something cool. I don't know if you can see this um, over the, uh, uh, the internet there, but the curses in Deuteronomy 28 here, I'll do this over here. If you notice, I made a big red cross with a lead pencil over them. Let's try that. There it is. Now, if you can see that, I made a big red cross over the curses. Why? So before I read the curse, I see the blood of, of, of the covenant first. I see that I'm redeemed first. I see what I'm redeemed from. I need to be reminded of this. I leak. I heard what the word of God said. I forgot it. I have to read it again. I leak. So therefore, i got to constantly be reminded I'm a redeemed man. Because everything you're going to see in this world is going to tell you you're not. And I'm not going to walk by sight. I'm going to walk by faith and believe I'm a redeemed man. So these curses then are not waiting up to jump you and bite you on the bottom whenever you should miss it. Rather, I've been redeemed from this. They are not my inheritance. So when we see the curse... We're seeing what we've been redeemed from. And a lot of this has to do with sickness. So um, if you can identify something in your life, that's a curse here. <coughs> Excuse me. In Deuteronomy 28, then we can put our faith against it. Because if we don't know what we're redeemed from, it's easier for the evil one to get us to believe his lies. That these sicknesses and diseases belong to you. And if we believe his lies, then we will live a deception because they're not true. And that deception will oppress our lives. Many people, even believers, live oppressed lives because they don't either have confidence God has already healed them. They're still into will heal me. 
or they believe they deserve this because they did something wrong, or they believe, well, they don't live a holy enough life, which is all self-works, or they believe, oh, well, that's for somebody else, not for me, or they just don't know. What you don't know can kill you. You need to know. You need to know you're redeemed. So it pleases the evil one that we would be oppressed by the curse. So it does not please Father God that we should walk in anything less than the revelation of our redemption. So we need to exercise our faith in the promises. So uh, before we uh, pray here, uh, let's take a look at this. Uh, let's go through Deuteronomy 28. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, there's a lot here we can look at. Uh, we, we're not going to spend hours on this, but uh, we'll try to go through this here as best we can. Uh, first of all, in uh, verses 1 to, uh, to 14, it talks about the blessings of the covenant. That's our inheritance in Christ. Whenever I do a marriage at the end of the marriage ceremony, I read the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, because that is this new couple's inheritance for their new marriage. Now, when we get to verse 15 here, we see the uh, uh, curse of the law. And um, it says here in verse 15, uh, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Thank God I've been redeemed from this. Verse 16, curse shall you be in the city, curse shall you be in the country. That means everywhere. Verse 17, curse shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. That means your food budget is cursed. Your finances are cursed. If you're living with a cursed food budget and cursed finances, you've been redeemed from that. That oppression is not your inheritance. It starts with first believing, I'm redeemed from this. I'm going to put my faith against this attack. Verse 18, curse shall be the offspring of your body. That means you're cursed with infertility. Uh, verse 20, these curses shall come upon you. Uh, uh, let's just try that again. The Lord will send upon you curses, confusion, and rebuke until you are destroyed, until you perish quickly. Wow. Confusion is a curse. Many people live confused lives. Verse 21, the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until you are consumed. My gosh. That's people cursed with sickness and disease that they can't get rid of. A true, perhaps, definition of the spirit of infirmity is always one thing after another. Just after over one particular sickness, a whole different one comes in another direction. One after another, a buffeting wave hitting you of sickness and disease, all seemingly unrelated. That's a spirit of infirmity that we've been redeemed from. Verse 22. The Lord will smite you with consumption, that's lung disease, and with fever and inflammation and with fiery heat and the sword and the blight and the mildew. Now, blight and mildew have to do with liver disease. Uh, this is also about inflammation, lung disease, all our curses. Verse 23, and the heaven which is over your head shall be bronze and the earth which is under you iron. Uh, bronze over you, that means unanswered prayer, the inability to get answered prayer. The earth underneath you, iron, that means living a hard life. We've been redeemed from this. Verse 24, the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. 
You shall go out against them one way, and and but you shall flee in seven ways before them. You will you shall be an example of terror of all the kingdoms of the earth. Uh, that's being cursed, not able to win in war, or when other countries would afflict. Verse twenty six. The Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and with the scab and the itch, which cannot be healed. Uh, there's a lot here. Verse 27 speaks of um, incurable diseases, boils, tumors. Um, it's always good to uh, speak for it. I'm redeemed from tumors. They're not allowed to grow in my body. Amen. Um, also, I didn't mention here in verse 26, uh, your the car your carcasses will be food for the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and you shall there will be no one to frighten them away. That means you're cur you're cursed with no hope on disasters happening to you. All right, down here to verse uh, uh, twenty seven, uh, twenty eight. The Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and bewilderment of heart. Wow, that speaks of insanity mental illness, blindness. Verse 29, you shall grope at the noon as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall only be oppressed and robbed continually with no one to save you. Wow. Verse 29 here, that's the curse of poverty. Poverty is an enemy. It is not the blessing of God. It's an enemy to make you unfruitful. Because a real believer, when he has finances in his pocket, he promotes the kingdom of God with it. The enemy doesn't want you to promote the kingdom of God. Verse 30. You shall betroth a wife, but another man will violate her. That's being cursed with an unfaithful spouse. Um, you shall build a house, but you shall not live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not eat its fruit. That speaks of home foreclosure, failure in business. Verse 31, um, it talks about um, what you possess will be destroyed. That has to do with property destruction, losing your possessions. Um, verse 32, your sons and your daughters will be given to another people, and your eyes will only look and yearn for them continually, but there shall be nothing you can do. That speaks of your children being cursed, the loss of your children. How many people have lost their children to alcohol and drugs, lost them to a sin-filled society? That's a curse. That is not your inheritance for your children. Your children should be living off the blessing of who you are as a believer. Verse 34, you shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. That is a curse of being overwhelmed with circumstances. Common, it's common today for people to have panic attacks, uh, fear overwhelming them. That is being overwhelmed with the circumstances of life. That's a curse. That's not from God. Verse 35, the Lord will strike you on your knees and your legs with sores and boils, which cannot be healed from the sole of your feet to the crown of your head. Again, here we're talking about curse with entire bodily sickness. Um, oh, there's a lot here we can look at. Uh, maybe we'll skip down to verse, uh, again, we, we already looked at this. Verse 41, you have sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. That's being cursed with rebellious children, 
children lost to sin, lost to their own addictions. Um, verse 44, you shall lend, but you shall not, uh, he shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. Uh, he shall be the head and you shall be the tail. That's cursed with financial indebtedness, financial debt. Uh, verse 45, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you will not obey the Lord your God. Again, what's my obey part? Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior. I believe upon you. Now I pass out of judgment. This is no longer my inheritance. The enemy will try to tell you it is. That's why you have to put faith against it and say, no, it's not in the name of Jesus. Uh, how about verse... Let's take a big jump here. It's a lot to read. Take a big jump here to verse... Um, some amazing things here. Verse 59. And the Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants, even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic disease. Notice that. Extraordinary descendants, lasting, chronic. This speaks of genetic diseases. How many people have had diabetes travel through family lines? Heart disease travel through family lines? Cancers travel through family lines? That is not our inheritance. And yet people just accept it. Well, my father had diabetes. I'm going to get it too, I guess. No. Are you a believer? No. Say no to that. And if it tries to come on you, you are not my inheritance. You have no right in my life. Jesus has redeemed me from you. And it goes on. Maybe we'll stop at verse uh, 61. And every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of law, the Lord will bring on you until you are destroyed. Wow. That's being cursed with anything not written in this chapter as a destruction for us. Again, it would please the enemy, the evil one, to see us oppressed with these curses. It does not please the Father that we would walk in anything less than this revelation of our redemption. So we need to exercise our faith against this. Take our standing that we are a redeemed people into the state we live in for what's been attacking us. So let's just go into prayer here briefly. Um, we need to look at what's been violating your life. Do some of these speak to you? Maybe you need to do a survey here on a piece of paper. Write down what has been invading your life, what maybe has been passed down genetically, um, that Jesus has redeemed you from. Very well could be more than one thing. It's a wrong assumption. Well, because you get older, you're going to have sickness problems. That's a wrong assumption. Why would you believe that? That's not God's inheritance for us. So we need to get serious about this and then put our faith against it. Um, you know, I, let me just get up for a second and get a book. We had um, given this out at church more than once. Somebody in church was nice enough to buy a whole box of them and give them away. This is Charles Capps' book, God's Creative Power for Healing. A really super book, there we go, uh, to read. It talks about how to speak the word of God against the things that have been attacking your body. That's, of course, Dr. Charles Capps. The book is like a buck fifty or something like that. It's real cheap. 
Uh, you should be buying these and giving these away. Uh, I have read these daily at times because I stand against the enemy's attack in my life and have gotten relief. And it's so easy to forget to do it when things feel good. You know, the greatest time a believer is uh, available for defeat is when he's had a victory. He slacks off. We are to never slack off. This beautiful body of Christ and its wedding gown has army boots. We are at war. This side of heaven, we are at war. We are enforcing the victory of Christ against the evil one in this world. So let me just lead you into the, a prayer today. Uh, perhaps bow your hearts with me. Um, you can put in there whatever is your dealings with. You'll see it when we come to it. Father God, I declare today diabetes, heart disease, cancer, whatever it is afflicting you, is a curse of the law. Let's do that again. Father God, I declare today, say what it is, is a curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14 declares that Jesus bore this curse for me. And I have passed out of judgment. Therefore, I forbid these spoken curses to be in my life. In the name of Jesus, leave me. In the name of Jesus, I drive you out of my body. I receive the blessing, not the curse. In Jesus' name, amen. It could be that simple. And you thank the Lord. You're being praised to him and thanking him. But it's not a one-time occasional thing. It's a daily declaring. It's a daily pushing back. You know, I've had I've seen people uh, all of a sudden instantaneously get results. I've seen people not give up. And then one day, perhaps months later, boom, all of a sudden things changed. We always agree with the Lord. We never agree with the will of the enemy. Do whatever you have to do to defeat the enemy in your life. If, you, if there's you know, medication you need to take, hey, the devil didn't invent it. He wants you dead. Let's stand. But don't put your faith in the medicine. Put your faith in the medicine, the word of God. Amen. So uh, perhaps a closing remark here today uh, for you is this. Uh, we need to push back on the devil's lies. You already have that blessing in the spirit realm. Jesus obtained 2,000 years ago. Remember what I said about our state and our standing. Today we enforce our standing, releasing it in faith. We need to continue to enforce it until we see the things in the natural that are out of line with his will change in the state that we live in from day to day. What we already have obtained in the spirit, we see changed in the natural. You're in this for total victory. How long do you stand? As long as you have to. How long as you fight back? As long as you have to. The Lord is pleased that you don't tolerate what Jesus has redeemed us from. So, as I said, we daily have a spoken de declaration of this victory. We should have a daily spoken thanksgiving to the Father that we are redeemed. Father God, I just ask tonight, all those that would hear this, Lord, replay this, Father God, uh, have that revelation come deep inside of them, Father, 
of who they are in Christ, a redeemed people, a people that have received the promise, the blessing, a people that stand against the, uh, the curse, uh, the evil one's lies, that the curse belongs to them, that, Father God, they would come against that and agree with your word, that they are a redeemed people, and that, Lord God, we have passed out of judgment, and that, Lord, truly, uh, we would eat the good fruit of in this side of heaven, Father, of Jesus' victory on the cross and the empty grave. And we thank you for this. I speak great encouragement to the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.